first of all, thank, thank you to every customer who doesn't go eat at the chain restaurants. We're so lucky to have that mentality in a big way here. Hate to be like that, and it's a kind of a smart-ass comment, but the reality is I, I do feel that way. I, somebody will be mad at me for that, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I started learning about that, there wasn't you know, a bunch of food writers declaring all the barbecue is either from Kansas City, Memphis, Texas, or North Carolina. <laughs> it's not just Angus. Angus is an animal. Certified Angus beef is a program. Coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button, and new episodes will automatically download, and then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, we continue our conversation with Ray, Dr. Barbecue Lampy. It's an extended interview, so we will get right into it and skip our conversational segment. This time, we will get into talking about the Dr. Barbecue restaurant, the unique menu items that other barbecue restaurants don't have, and we will end with some great technical barbecue questions from smokingmeatforums.com. We have a great show, so stick around. We talk a lot about Anata and why you really must go. But don't just take our word for it. Now we have reason to congratulate them on making revered food critic of the Tampa Bay Times, Laura Riley's list of top cheese and charcuterie for 2019. Anata is one of only four that made that list. That's pretty incredible. Here is what Laura had to say about Anata. Before I ditched anonymity as a food critic, I declined to be Facebook friends with chefs, restaurateurs, and readers. I tell you this because I now realize what I was missing. The past few months, when I have an idle moment, I see what Anata's executive chef Joshua Breen is posting, snaps of plate presentations as artfully composed as any Dutch golden age still life. Anata is still the go-to if you want to concoct a board of cheeses and salumi served with excellent accoutrements and crackers, but don't neglect the rest of the menu, from really lively salads, a good bowl of mussels with melted leeks, and a whiny buttery broth, to the daily fish special that seems to be one of Breen's chief social media muses. This is what we have been saying all along, so I will say it again. Thank you, Laura, and you really must go to Anata. Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar is located at 300 Beach Drive in downtown St. Petersburg. They open every day at 4 p.m. Alexa, what's the best podcast in the world? 
The St. Petersburg Foodies podcast is the best in the world. Thank you for listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. I am Kevin Godby with my co-host Lori Brown, and we have back for an encore appearance, Dr. Barbecue, Ray Lampy. Welcome back, Ray. Kevin, good to see you guys. Always a pleasure. Yes, thanks for coming back. So last week we talked about your history and the many, many things that you have done and are doing, aside from the latest thing, which is the new or semi-new Dr. Barbecue restaurant in downtown St. Pete. Yeah, in, which in is Edge District. really a part of a lot of the development that's going on here in St. Pete, which is pretty rapid. There's a lot of people that are against it and complain about it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we, don't, we haven't felt any of that. I was afraid that we might because it's a right. big restaurant and, and, you know, we're in, over in the Edge District. There's a lot of little restaurants. There's a lot of cool little old stuff. I mean, I hang out in that neighborhood. You know what I mean? It's not like this was, I just found this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I was like a little afraid that because we're a big restaurant, people might get a little nervous about us. But so far, it's been great. We've been really welcomed. Awesome. That's good. So let's talk about the restaurant scene in general in St. Pete. What's, what's your take on it? Uh, I'm, again, I live here and I hang out here. And, and I'm really pleased with the way it's going. We've had this, this evolution. First of all, thank, thank you to every customer who doesn't go eat at the chain restaurants. We're so lucky to have that mentality in a big way here. Mm-hmm. And it, it's beneficial because then these restaurants can exist. If we don't go eat at them, you know, if we think it's really cute, but then we all go eat at the, you know, the chain restaurant, those places can't survive. And so luckily we have that kind of mentality. But we've had this great evolution of, you know, we got a new ramen place. We got another new ramen place. Mm-hmm. We got, uh, you know, taco places. I know there's some feeling that we got too many at this point, but <laughs> whatever. They're cool. I like them all. You know, we, we've had a really nice evolution. We got, you know, now we got a lot of cool pizza places that are making excellent pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really seeing that good evolution. A lot of veg stuff, uh, which is, you know, not my thing, but I'm glad to see it. We really a well-rounded food scene and it just continues to grow. Yeah, yeah we, we celebrate every new restaurant opening and, and cheer them on. I mean, we, we, we want everybody to do well. And it seems, you know, the past several years that most have Yes. They're, yeah. they're still here. At, yeah. least, at least we know that. Unless right. you really screw it up. That's right. Yeah. You, get, you seem to get a fair chance. I think that's a great way to say it. And that's right. all you can ask for. Right. Absolutely. Right. So where do you eat when you're not eating barbecue? <laughs> well, uh, one of my favorites I was just thinking about is, because uh, I just drove by it, is Z Grill that's not here anymore. Right. Uh, I miss Zach bad. So that, that's one of my, <laughs> that was one of my favorites. And he was my friend as well. He's a character for sure. I like Bavaro's. Uh-huh. I, we eat, my restaurant I eat at the most is the Casual Clam. Oh, really? Over on okay. 9th Street. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's just kind of by our house. And Sandy likes fried shrimp a lot. And, and they have haddock and, and some nice stuff there. And it, it's mm-hmm. nice. And they've actually got new owners. And they've really spiffed it up without losing the charm of it over the last six months or so. So that's definitely one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Paul's Chicago Pizza. You ever go up to Paul's? Oh, yes. yes. Paul's we like, had, we, I love we, Paul's. Yeah. Because it's, it's real Chicago pizza. And when I say that, I don't mean deep dish. I mean the thin crust, the thin crust right? cut in squares the way God meant it to be cut. And, and that's what you get, real Chicago stuff up there. Don't you have uh, a recipe in one of the books? I do, the, yeah, in the yeah. Green Egg book. Yeah, green a whole egg. Like, elaborate. Uh, there's a deep dish recipe in there as well. I'm not saying it's not good. 
But that's not what Chicagoans you eat on a regular You can cook a deep dish basis. pizza in an egg? Yes, you can. You cook anything in a big green egg. Wow. Yeah. You, we have to get it, an it's, egg. It's, it's not just a, it's a, it's a smoker. <laughs> it's a grill. It's, yeah. It's, that's it's awesome. Really cool. It's a great pizza oven. It really is. But yeah, yeah with, with Chicago pizza, I guess for all the people that don't really know, they just think deep dish. Deep and that's dish, what right? it is. And, and when Paul's opened and we did a review and we had, you know, we had the, the thin. regular mm-hmm. thin crust and we had the deep dish... And we posted it, and somebody said, "There's no thin crust pizza yeah. in Chicago. You don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> they argued. Like, and okay. argued. Clearly, they yeah. didn't spend a lot of time in Chicago. Okay. <laughs> well, all those deep dish places—they claim to be from Chicago. Uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> well, it's one of those things. What's happened is the, <clears throat> it's like the tail wagging the dog. When I was growing up, uh, deep dish pizza was not a thing. It, it, there was a couple places around. And once in a great while, you go get one, but it wasn't what we ate on a regular basis. But these guys who were selling it, it they've, they're all downtown where all the tourists are, and it'd be caught on to be this Chicago thing. Uh-huh. So I think the, the next generation, it, it was a thing as they were growing up. Right. So, you know, I think we're probably both right. Right. There you go. I also like, uh, my, I'm going to keep going with my list. Cause oh, I was just, do it. Yeah, go ahead. Soiree. You guys go to Soiree? We have not been there. We're oh, not, you got to go. We're not big dessert eaters. Oh, it's so That's good, the though. problem. It's nice folks over <laughs> they there. They are, Leslie I and Greg. I love that place. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go and say Dr. Barbecue sent us. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that. Good <laughs> but, luck with that. But they are my friends. I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, but did I say Bavaro's? I like Bavaro's yes. a lot. Um, Hawker's is good. I, I really mm-hmm. do hang out in that neighborhood, you know, even before. And I, even I get tired of eating barbecue sometimes. Of course, right. right. <laughs> That's a good list. We love Hawker's. We Love How about Hawker. Munches? Yeah. You ever go to Munches? We haven't. He has been. Oh, I, I've only been once though. But yeah, but like if you say you haven't been, and they're like, you live in St. Pete, and you haven't been to Munches. <laughs> hey, you'll see when you get there. It's an old diner. It's been there for a long time. I've but been there, and we didn't eat there because they didn't have alcohol for brunch. Tuesday and Saturday is Fried Chicken Day. Yeah, well, the alcohol <laughs> thing, I can understand that. But Fried Chicken Day for lunch on Tuesdays, I, I'd recommend that always. We'll have to bring our official Doctor Barbecue flask. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's right. We have this from them. <laughs> and, and Noble Crust. I mean, what a great addition to oh, town yes. they are. Nice folks, nice food. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I'm a fan. I keep trying to get around. Just went to Bo and Moe's the other day. Hadn't been there yet. Nice place. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm forgetting some folks, but I yeah, I'm a big fan of all the eating around town. As long as you know, as long as there's only a couple of them, I don't go very much if there's a bunch of them. Yeah. So before we uh, go out on break, let's. Uh, I got another. We were, we were talking about something uh, when you first got here before we turned on the mics, and we, we were looking out of my condo window, and you can see where the new big, biggest story, <laughs> building is going to go. And I said, yeah, but it just looks such, such a nice view when I look and I see this the green grass, this nice park. <laughs> and you said... I said, well, yeah, I agree with you. It looks really nice. Why don't you buy it and keep it a park then? Because <laughs> if I owned it, I'd be looking to build something on it. <laughs> right. I, you know, I hate to... Hate to be like that, and it's a kind of a smart-ass comment, but the reality is I, I do feel that way. I, you know, If I own that and I think it's appropriate, is it appropriate or not? Well, that's up to the city to decide. Um, some kind of big building is appropriate. It's a whole block. But, but again, I, I, don't, I don't get involved in other people's business. You know, If you want to keep it apart, you buy it. Right. 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 It's a good answer. Mm-hmm. Somebody will be mad at me for that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. There's always somebody mad at somebody. There's right. always two sides. Right. And, and sometimes, you know, there's uh, the, the attitude, you know, I guess it's part of human nature. So, uh, people don't like change. Right. And sometimes yeah. that happens. We get these negative comments when a new restaurant is going to 
break ground and somebody's like oh what what do we need another one of those for <laughs> and like we said earlier i mean we, we just celebrate every new restaurant opening right well yeah i mean that's you know we talk about all the there's so many expensive condos and stuff being built here no question there is right mm-hmm. but i tend to think that somebody wouldn't uh, god knows what that 50-story building would cost uh i'm thinking if somebody's going to invest that kind of money they kind of know what they're talking about i hope so you know yeah. Uh, yeah i guess if they don't well i've made a mistake judging them <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about Dr. Barbecue, the restaurant. We will be right back. When you think of engine number nine, what do you typically think of, Kevin? Amazing burgers. Yes, very creative, very inventive, kick-ass burgers. But they also have a great New Orleans-inspired other half of the menu. Remember the gumbo I had recently? Ooh, that was really good and nice and spicy. I was surprised you finished it. I know. The roux is just so flavorful and delicious. Besides the gumbo, they also have jambalaya, a few sriracha dishes, and the hot dogs are awesome. And you can't forget the best fried pickles in town, and I am talking pickle spears. Yeah, I've seen you eat those pickles for your whole meal. Yeah, for my birthday once, remember? But what we're trying to say is check out engine number nine for your favorite burger and so much more. Yes, you will love engine number nine. They're in downtown St. Pete on the corner of First Ave North and MLK. And try the Black Flag Burger and the Chili Dog. You can thank me later. Engine, engine number nine, going down the railroad line. We are back with Ray Lampy, also known as Dr. Barbecue, who now has a restaurant named Dr. Barbecue, the restaurant. Owned by the Dats Group. And Ray as well. And Ray, yes. Yeah, yes. I'm a partner on that restaurant. Right, you're, right. you're a restaurateur now. Yes, I am. And Lori mentioned uh, previously that some of the items, there's a few items on the menu that are in one of your cookbooks. Yep. So buy all the books and then you can figure out which one (laughs) has the recipes in. Well, the pastrami, I'll give you a freebie. The pastrami recipes in the cookbook and probably everywhere online too. And you have Sandy's bacon blue cheese slot. Yeah, that one's floating around as well. I think it got tweaked a little at the restaurant. Ah. it's a challenge, you know. You can't just come in like me and say, well, here's all my recipes that were written for cookbooks, and we got to use them all in a restaurant. It just doesn't work that way. Right. But luckily, we had a great team, and we all worked together. As long as everybody's respectful to each other, and, you know, we ended up with quite an uh, interesting menu. Yeah, there, and there's a, I mean, yeah, it's a whole team effort. There's a lot of cooking and experimenting that goes on. Something I was reading the other day, Su- Suzanne, Suzanne Perry, uh-huh. she said, you know, you don't just make one mac and cheese. You end up making like a hundred mac and cheeses until you figure out which one is going to be on no the menu. Right. Yeah. And, then, and then there's other things. Does it, <clears throat> just because it was our favorite one when we were tasting it, will it hold well for the day? Do the noodles get mushy? Do they, is that the right size on the spoon? Is that cheese crazy expensive? So that's really a mistake because it's not going to work well. You know right. what I mean? Oh, there's so many variables. Right. Right. Is it, is it commercially viable? Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Um, not just money-wise, but just the experience, everything. Yeah, like you said. It's yeah. well, How often do we have to make it? One of the things that we have to make all the time are those little cornbread madelines. And, and while I love them and they're a big hit, and I'm, I'll always fight for them, the poor kitchen guys get, drives them crazy because they have to make them all the time. <laughs> oh, right. But that's why they're fresh and so good. Right. And I want to do a, a shout-out to uh, the Tampa Bay Times food critic, Laura Riley. Because I think Laura said it best when she said, it's upscale barbecue, non-denominational, 
barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is brilliant, uh, well said by Laura, but I think if somebody said, okay, we are going to be fill in the blank, we're going to be North Carolina barbecue, or we're going to be Texas barbecue. There's somebody that's going to come in there and say, this isn't true, authentic North it's Carolina barbecue. Right. It's not authentic. <laughs> but but there's right. also, there's not only, there's the, the, the well-known uh, geographic areas of barbecue. So people talk about Carolina. Well, there's North and South, but even within North Carolina, there's West North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, they don't realize that all of these styles and that are named after geographic areas are then there's all these subdivisions of those hundreds as well. And it's like, hundreds so of them. pick any one of them and they're all uh, authentic and somebody's <laughs> going to say you're doing it wrong. Right. It's like Mexican food. Well, like he, here's, uh, here's the thing. I, I, I this is a, a sore spot for me. First of all, I precede all of that. When I started learning about that, there wasn't, you know, a bunch of food writers declaring all the barbecue is either from Kansas City, Memphis, Texas, or North Carolina. <laughs> what about Oklahoma? Don't they have right. barbecue there? Right. And let's talk about Texas. You know how big Texas is? You really think everybody in Texas cooks their barbecue exactly the right. same way? Right. And as soon as you cross over the line to Louisiana, they don't do that anymore? And, and a lot of it's just bull. It's just nonsense. Uh, Memphis, if you go to Memphis, they don't care about the dry rub ribs. It's the rendezvous where that's all about, which is great, and it's right where all the tourists go. But if you go, I, I went to, I was writing a book called Barbecue Road Trip. I went to the barbecue shop and I talked to the pit master there and he had apologetically said he'd only been doing it for 20 years and he was kind of new. Wow. And he, I said, what about this wet rub, wet rib, dry rib thing? Is that a big thing for you? And he goes, no, I don't really care. I'll put, put the sauce on there if you want or not. It, it wasn't a big deal to him. But he wanted to talk about his barbecue spaghetti because he was really proud of his barbecue spaghetti sauce wow. that he made. Nobody even talks about that because they're too busy trying to repeating the same nonsense about the wet rib, dry rib thing. They also have smoked bologna in Memphis at just about every restaurant. They also oh, wow. have, they put coleslaw on the sandwich. Wait a minute, I thought that was a North Carolina thing. It's just <laughs> not that simple. So you know why they cook hogs over hickory historically in North Carolina? Why? I don't know. Because they had a bunch of hogs and a bunch of hickory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the original regions of this stuff. And then things like the white barbecue sauce happened. I actually know them guys. Big Bob Gibson's in Decatur, Alabama. The grandfather started making this white barbecue sauce. It's really like salad dressing. And he would grill mm -hmm. chickens and dunk them and sell them to railroad workers. That was his thing. So that's a real story that started in one place. So, of course, you know the place down the street that started cooking barbecue, started making the white sauce. You know that the guy that worked for him went to the next town and said, hey, I got this white barbecue sauce. In Huntsville, Alabama, his cousin, there's Gibson's Barbecue. They make the white barbecue sauce. That's how it spreads. It's a thing that started in one place, and it spreads because everybody likes it. it. It's just the nature of those things. But to try to claim everybody in Kansas City eats this is just ridiculous. And, right, and, and I, of course that recipe gets tweaked, too, as it moves along. Sure. Like, like the telephone with the, yeah. the can. And what you say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the reality of how it works. And, and I just get, I get tired of that, and I accuse New York food writers of it because <laughs> they just regurgitate the same stuff they heard because they don't have to bother going there. You know, it's a, right. uh, that stuff bugs me. So, no, we had no interest in in creating some kind of fake I'm from Kansas City thing. I'm from Chicago, but I spent a lot. I cut my teeth in Kansas City. It's really where I learned how to cook barbecue. Mm -hmm. But Lee, our pitmaster, is from Texas. Mm -hmm. And God, I spent a lot of time everywhere else in the country, you know, cooking barbecue and learning about it. And, and it's just not, it would just be a lie to say Kansas City this and Memphis that. And I'm just not buying into it. 
So I, ha- I have a request for the next book. Okay. The History of Barbecue by Dr. Barbecue. <laughs> yeah, that one's been written by more more people than me. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, you know it, a lot about it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been my life for yeah. sure, no question. I, I, but, I, but again, I've been lucky enough to go to these places and, and, and be there and eat in them. You know, the, uh, some of the best, I, I always talk about ribs and say, everybody I know can tell you the best slab of ribs they ever ate. And for me, it's mm-hmm. two places are tied. Neely's Interstate in Memphis, which is an old place. And actually slopped in sauce. It's not a, even close to being dry ribs. And they were great. And then um, a place in Tuscaloosa, Dreamland Barbecue, that was on the University of Alabama grounds. Famously, uh, Bear Bryant always went there. Same thing. It's a grilled rib with, with barbecue sauce all over it. And man, they were great. You, you should start, when you sign off, like say on an email or something, put Ray Lampy, PhD, barbecue. Oh, yeah. Geez. Well, technically, I always claim I'm pre-med, <laughs> but I, I did accidentally become a historian. Uh, there's no question about it. And it wasn't, wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, I just lived it. I, you know, you get old and you do become an expert on stuff by accident. Right. Yeah. So let's bring it back to the restaurant now. Yes. Dr. Barbecue, the restaurant is in downtown St. Pete, the Edge District. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you know downtown St. Pete or that area, the quickest way to picture where it is is to think of the roundabout on Central Ave, yep. even though technically the restaurant is on First Ave South. It's to, uh, 1101? Yeah, 1101. 1101 First Avenue South, St. Pete. But yeah, if you know where that roundabout is, you can see it from right there. And, and from that angle, you can see the, the wall where <laughs> your head is really big <laughs> yeah. physically. Yeah. Yeah, well, we needed to put something cool on that wall. I'm not sure that was the best choice, but it's a 25-foot-high <laughs> mural of me and a bunch of other people, too. But yeah, it's, uh, it, no, it's really cool. It is really, really cool. And, and the whole space, yeah, it's a huge space. Yeah, it's close to 10,000 square feet, the whole space, including outside. Mm-hmm. It's, it's big. Mm-hmm. Kind of uh, an industrial-type design feel. Upstairs and downstairs. Yeah, I would say. For mm-hmm. sure. There's an upstairs uh, But there's a warmth bar. to it, too. It, it feels nice and warm in there, but the wood. Yes. And, yeah. Well, Suzanne, that's all Suzanne. You know, mm-hmm. the wood and then the furniture. Like, there's a blue random couch in the middle of the, the upstairs dining room. And, mm-hmm. and it yeah. just kind of changes the look of the whole room by putting that there. And it's cool. Right. And people do sit in it sometimes. It's really kind of funny. But, yeah, Suzanne's just so good at that. You are partners in the restaurant with Suzanne and Roger Perry who yes. also own the Dats Restaurant Group. They own Dats, Doe, and Rue in Tampa. Yep, and, and over here they have the, the cafe in the Raymond James Museum. Correct, right. right, the Canyon Cafe. Yeah, mm-hmm. Canyon mm-hmm. Cafe. And the chips and salsa over there are awesome. I, I, if I did a top 10 chips and salsa list, which I should because no one's done that, it would be new. They would probably be number one for <laughs> chips nice. and salsa. I'll have to try and, them. And I've never had them. Don't forget, there is a coming soon Dats as well. Right. Also in the, in the building where the museum is, probably uh, later this spring or early summer. Somebody told winter. me March the other day, but I have not been around over there. So There's I'm not, not much built out in there. No. I'm not thinking that's going to happen. We have never, no, maybe once. I think Iberian Rooster is the only one that actually ever Opened on this date. right time. But yeah. I, yeah. I haven't kept track of how many, but I think since we've been doing this, it's got to be at least 20 to 30 Restaurants have opened up in St. Mm-hmm. Pete in the last two year, two and a half years. Oh, yeah, I bet. I can only remember the one that actually hit the date yeah. they said they were going to hit. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but it's because they didn't do anything really but, to the 
But I don't think right. it's not the restaurants. It's, it's tough to get stuff done in a timely manner, I think, with the city, city and permitting and, and stuff like well, that. Well, it's everything. You know, if you make a change, it puts you back to the back of the line mm-hmm. on right. things. Sometimes you got to wait for a fixture, you name it. You know, the city's overwhelmed. There's no question that mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're, they struggle a little bit too keeping up. But I'm not putting the whole blame on them. It, it, these are big projects, man. It's exciting time. It is. Don't forget that the, you know, the contractors and, and all the subcontractors are all really busy too right now. Right. So sometimes the plumber can't make it today and it all adds up. Right, mm-hmm. right. Right. We're share, sharing a lot of resources. Now, Chris over at Greenbench told me, we were talking about this when they were building their second room over there. And he said, no, we are on time and we're going to be on time. I, I haven't talked to him lately. I don't know how that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Greenbench that's uh, making uh, a beer for you guys? Yeah, they are. They made a Dr. Barbecue uh, a Hellas, a German Hellas. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, have to it, try that. Yeah, it's, it's a light beer. It's, a, it's definitely what I would drink. It's, Chris over there is so good at Greenbench. I was sitting with him and and telling him what kind of beer I like to drink. I mean, I'm a Chicago guy. I said, so here's how I would drink beer in my younger days. I would go to the bar after work every day and drink 12 beers. Uh, so it needed to be a, so he said, okay, so you want something with some sessionability. Right, right. Said, yeah, exactly. That's Chris. a great way to put right. it. Yeah, it was yeah, so they call them, yeah, they call them session beers now. Yeah. But yeah. he ended up making a beer that is absolutely something I would drink all the time, and I really appreciate that. That's awesome. And also, uh, since we were mentioning individuals who are involved you already mentioned lee jasper he had prior to coming to dr barbecue he was in texas at kreitz market yeah which is if you know barbecue stuff they're they are way up there on the list it's a hundred year old hundred year old restaurant now lee worked at the original trained with roy perez who's like an icon in the industry and then went and opened a second location down in bryan texas by the university he learned how to cook barbecue from Roy at Kreitz Market, and it just doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, and you guys, for a barbecue place, you have a pretty eclectic menu. <laughs> Thank you. And I think I mentioned on our uh, previous episode that we would have done a review on it on several items. And actually, so maybe we can talk about the items that we have eaten, uh-huh. and we have to go back and eat a whole bunch more stuff that we didn't get. <laughs> Come on. We started with the Flamin' Macaphony. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a take on macaroni and cheese, mac and cheese, but it's, you have hominy yep, instead. Exactly. And one of the things I loved about it is that it has a nice, it's spicy. It's spicy. Some okay. days it's really spicy. <laughs> I, yeah, I love that. We use yes. fresh, you know, we use fresh, we use fresh everything. That you, you were saying about the Canyon Cafe. The dads folks, they like to make stuff from scratch, you know, every chance we can. And so when you use fresh habaneros or fresh jalapenos, some days they're hotter than others. Right. It's just the nature of it. Right. Yeah. But that dish, we were in uh, Certified Angus Beef is what we use. Certified Angus Beef has a big facility in Ohio, and we were up there visiting them. And, and the chefs there, they, you know, they, it's all about the beef. But while you're there, they make you a nice meal. And one of the things they served us was a hominy dish that it wasn't quite as macaroni and cheese as ours is. But it, it was enough that we were eating it. We were like, wait a minute, this could... This could become our macaroni and cheese. Right. We wanted to do different stuff. We didn't just want to do the same mm-hmm. thing as every other barbecue restaurant. Now, I'll be honest with you and tell you, we get asked every day why we don't have regular mac and cheese. So someday we might have to give in. But for now, <laughs> right. it's, that, it's a macaphony. Right. Yeah, I guess it's a balance. You know, if, if you get asked enough times, maybe you have to do it. But on the other hand, something that I really appreciate is the creativity and that, like, this is something that's delicious and you can't get it. 
anywhere else. Right. Well, that's exactly right. That's right. what we wanted to do. We didn't want to do the same thing as everybody else. I don't want to. That way, okay, now we're going to be compared to everybody else's mac and cheese, and some people are going to like ours best, and some are not, and mm-hmm. you know, and that's fine. But why would we put ourselves into that that bath when we could just say we're going to put uh, hominy in ours? Uh, right. Yeah. Take yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. Like the and ki- of course, and flaming ki- hot Cheetos on top. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And then there's the kimchi fries, which I love kimchi on anything, but I never thought about putting it on fries. But it's really good. Yeah. And, and you guys, and, and that's also, that's another one where it's high quality stuff. It's the actual Idaho potatoes. Yeah. Real potatoes. That's how you make French fries. Right. Mm-hmm. The, actually, we, we were in uh, Austin and there's a place called uh, Chi Lantro. And it's, it's set up kind of like Chipotle, but their thing is ch- uh, kimchi fries. That's their thing. And they oh, got cool. a little pork they put on them. And what they were doing was taking the, the kimchi and putting it on the flat top and, you know, kind of cooking it a little bit, caramelizing it, kind of mellow it out a little bit. And we were like, mm-hmm. well, this is a great idea. We need to work that in somehow. I mean, ours are different than theirs because we have some barbecue on it. But, mm-hmm. but we thought that was a really cool idea. And we brought that one back. And, and it's been a big hit. People like it. And so we make our French fries are house made, double fried all the time. And we also get our kimchi locally. There's a lady here that ferments locally, and she makes our kimchi for us. That's awesome. I mean, you know, how much, I I know we're just a barbecue restaurant, but how much more, you know, I hate to use the the farm-to-table term, but what else can we do? We're getting a a local lady to make us kimchi, and we're making our french fries in-house, and we're making all the other toppings, the crema and everything in-house. And that's a pretty original dish. I mean, that's, that's not your average barbecue restaurant. No. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's what I love about it. And then you had mentioned uh, the certified Angus beef. All yeah. the beef is We're big fans. Angus. It's great stuff. It's not just Angus. Angus is an animal. Certified Angus beef is a program that makes for, they showed us, tr- tr- there's 10 criteria, but the big one for me was there's three cards there's, with pictures. When the person is grading the carcass as choice, right, USD Ooh. choices, which is what most of the beef we have is, there's three pictures. So if it's that top one, that's really good choice. If it's the middle one, it's okay. The bottom one is still choice. They said all the certified Angus beef needs to be the top two. But what they also told us was those top two are 30% only of the choice. So 70% of the choice is that bottom one that does not make it to certified Angus beef. That's a big deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is. And, then, and the pork also uh, has a, is, comes from a program somewhat yeah, like that as well. well. That's actually a family farm that I know. Uh, Compart. Compart is the family farm. Jim Compart's my friend. He was in for dinner a month ago. He lives in Minnesota. It's a family farm, uh, and they raise Duroc hogs. Duroc is the brand, is the breed. Um, Duroc are good hogs. There's a lot of them out there. A lot of people are using them. But Jim's got a, a whole thing he does. They breed their quality ones back in. They ultrasound them. He's got a whole thing that he does. It's all natural pork, and it's a big family farm. You know, it's a family farm that can supply enough meat for us. You know, you could find a guy that grows 10 hogs a year and grows really cool ones. That's great. But that doesn't work for a restaurant, right? right? You know, so we, we found with him that, that uh, compromise where it's a real family farm, but it's big enough to handle it. And it's, that stuff is just great. Our guys would not. They would fight. The guys that are cooking it would fight us if we tried to switch out of that. It's a little pricey for us, but it's well worth it. Mm-hmm. And the animals are well treated. They are, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's checking all the boxes. You know, we, we went through that. We didn't want to. It's hard because, you, you, again, you've got to have enough food to feed a big, busy restaurant. We're getting pork briskets from them. Nobody else even has pork briskets. Wow. You really try that if you're in. I will. I love brisket. <laughs> it's very cool. And nobody else has pork. They told us we're the number one seller of pork brisket in the country. <laughs> wow. I don't know who else is selling it, but we're beating them. <laughs> okay, well, that's next on the list. Yes. Then. 
So yeah, we've we've had the St. Louis ribs, mm-hmm. the um, the burnt ends. Mm-hmm. Burnt ends. They have yes. burnt ends. Generally, have a kind of a neat little background story too, right? Well, burnt ends. Yeah, the history is that Arthur Bryant's in Kansas City, the old barbecue restaurant. They slice. They got a slicing machine right in the window, and you're. It's kind of like a little cafeteria setup. And whatever fell off of the slicer was laying there on the counter. You could grab a handful and put it on your plate. That was the burnt ends. But it became so popular that it morphed into a dish. Right. <laughs> and these days, it's a pretty much acknowledged. It's the point muscle, the fatty muscle of the brisket. And we actually are able to buy those and just cook them separately. You cook it oh, a little bit cool. longer than the flat muscle, the pretty slicing muscle. Mm-hmm. And then you cube it up, and, and you can just serve it like that. But we choose to serve it with a, a bit of a sweet glaze on it and yes. cook them back in. So it's real tender and, and unctuous kind of meat with this sweet glaze on it. And yeah, it's, it's been a big like, hit. It's kind of like meat candy. It absolutely <laughs> is. Yeah. We, that's yeah. a, you know, we're a barbecue restaurant. And while we, I jokingly say, we, we don't want to be famous for running out of stuff, it happens. It's, it's <laughs> you know, we, these are uh, items that we cook every day. And some days you eat more of them than we were planning on. And the burn ends has been a tough one. We have a hard time keeping up with that one. I had them and enjoyed them immensely. <laughs> Good. And also the Jack Daniels barbecue beans yeah. i think are the best so barbecue good. beans i've ever had i love the spice Thank in there yeah, yeah we're getting a lot of that we actually had a conversation recently that you know it's maybe some of our stuff's a little spicy Do we, how could we tone it down and the beans were on the table and we looked at it we tasted them and based on all the feedback we get we're like no let's let's leave those no, alone. leave them please i love them yeah that, thank you that's, <laughs> there's nothing like that well and they're kind of like regular old barbecue beans but they're not you know we don't right. start with a can of bush beans which is what a lot of places do mm-hmm. i'm not against that that makes for a good bean but like everything else we wanted to go to that next level and mm-hmm. we, we tried dry beans and we just never could get comfortable with it that we like I like dry beans, but I, it's not the same product as canned beans. I just think of them as two different things. Right. So we use canned beans, but we use three different kind of beans, and we make the sauce from scratch. And, and again, we use quality canned beans. I mean, I just couldn't be happier with those. Mm-hmm. Oh, and something that you mentioned before that I, didn't, I just realized now is on the menu is barbecue, barbecue spaghetti. spaghetti. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one. I brought that to the table. Uh, because it is a big deal in Memphis. Uh, you know, again, it's funny that the, the nationally we don't talk about that, but you can't go to a barbecue restaurant and Memphis doesn't have it. It's usually a side dish, and it's usually, I think of it as it was the poor man's special. It's usually some spaghetti that's cooked to death and swelled up to about the size <laughs> of a pencil and got some barbecue sauce on it. And, you know, it's, it's okay next to your barbecue. I, I always get it when I'm there. But some of them have taken it to the next level and made it into a little more elevated dish. So. I had, I had made my version of it, and it had some pork in it, and it was bar, sort of half barbecue, half marinara is what I was making. Mm-hmm. And then one of the chefs at, at Dats, I think it was Chef Zach that's over there, and he was like, he came back, he's a little more fancy chef, and he came back with this dish <laughs> that he had converted it to a, a vegan dish, and he had brought in quinoa pasta. Yeah, I saw and that. all of a sudden it had a bunch of mushrooms on it, and as long as you get it without the cheese, the Parmesan on top, it's a vegan gluten-free dish now but it's still really good because it's got barbecue sauce in it and it's really good stuff so uh, that one like had a whole life and got into a place where everybody likes it and and you do have other uh vegan and vegetarian options as well we do we have a lot we uh, our brussels sprouts are a big seller now we cook them typically with with beef tallow and and some brisket in there but we'll happily make them with olive oil for you and they're still pretty darn good mm-hmm. we have a, a what we call a veggie q sandwich which is a similar 
similar to that uh, uh, spaghetti, the mushroom-based kind of thing. And people love it, but it's got it's like a barbecue sandwich, but with some vegan stuff on there. Right. So you can bring your your vegetarian or vegan friends. That was the plan. That was <laughs> right. exactly yeah. the plan. And the corn and pineapple that we have is all you know accidentally vegan kind of stuff. Right. What I didn't want to do was make here's the special menu for you vegans. Right. You know, it's over here. This stuff that nobody yeah. else is going to eat. You know, go sit, at, go was, sit at that table. Yeah. My goal was <laughs> let's have some good menu items that just happen to be vegan. Yeah. And I also just noticed. Uh, Ray's famous Italian beef, and you are from Chicago, so that should be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a absolutely self-serving menu. <laughs> I wanted that on there so I could eat it. So I brought it to the table, and everybody's like, well, that's fine, but it's not really a barbecue thing. How does that fit in? And I said, well, uh, I don't want to cook in the smoker, but how about if we use brisket instead of the typical top or bottom round? Oh, okay. And we did. Well, it was an accident that really worked out because the brisket helps make the jus and brisket's got all that fat and right. collagen and all that good, like of making a stew or a gravy or something. So the Italian beef got even better made with brisket. It's, it's a classic Chicago thing, and it's good. You're making me hungry. Yeah, guess where we're having lunch. <laughs> yeah, I might have to go eat one of those when we get done. <laughs> so Dr. Barbecue, the restaurant, is on 1101 First Avenue South in St. Pete, around by the roundabout on Central. Yes, you can see Tropicana Field behind it. Yes. Yeah. You can even, uh, when baseball's back in season, to go before or after the game. It's going to be exciting. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's, uh, I- I'm not necessarily convinced it's going to be so good for business because it's just kind of a mess in the neighborhood. But, it is. But, that's but, true. But we're getting there to where for a lot of folks, everybody Ubers or, right. frankly, so many folks can walk there now. It's mm-hmm. just not that big of a deal. So I think we're past that. Yeah. yeah. So check out uh, Dr. Barbecue, the restaurant. The website for the restaurant is Dr. Barbecue. With an S. Yeah. BBQS. We, well, we almost named the restaurant that. We thought we were going to be real cute. The, the Dr. Barbecue will be me. Dr. Barbecues will be the restaurant. And it got confusing like about an hour in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the way I took that when I originally saw it was that it was implying there's going to be more than one someday. Um, we're not out of the question. There is no plan at this time. Yeah. And it's going real well, but that's, it's a little early to, you know, pat ourselves on the back too much. Right. But we're certainly open to it. Right. So two, two websites to check out, drbarbecue.com. And Dr. For, Barbecues. For, for, for Ray's yeah. stuff, including the restaurant, but everything else. And right. then drbbqs.com. So let's end with another lightning round. This one gets credit from smokingmeatforums.com. I went in there and asked for some questions. I got like 100. Hardcore barbecue guys over there. We're going to do five. Fat up or down when smoking a brisket? It depends on your cooker. You want the fat to face the direct heat. So if I'm cooking on a big green egg with a deflector in between, the direct fire is coming from underneath, fat down. If I'm cooking on an offset smoker where the fire is coming over and over the top, I'm going to go with fat up. See, can't fool Dr. Barbecue. <laughs> meat goes on the smoker cold or at room temperature? Cold for me because it encourages the smoke ring. If you let the meat warm up, uh-huh. you get less smoke ring. And I don't believe the part where the meat seizes up and freaks out because it's at 70 degrees as opposed to 40. Ah. Okay. Best smoker is a... Big green egg. Of course. <laughs> I knew the answer. Sorry, that. that's the obvious. I answer. knew the answer to that one. Foil or no foil, wrap or no wrap. Why? 
and then uh, and somebody else asks the same question and, and add it on a brisket or butt. Wrap as needed on a butt. I usually don't unless I need to hurry it up. On a brisket, I do because at some point it just needs a little bit of steam. These days, I use butcher paper instead of foil, and I am mad that I didn't think of the butcher paper idea because it was a great idea. I, I think Aaron Franklin gets credit for it. I'm not sure if he actually invented it, but butcher paper instead of foil. Okay. And last one. Why is smoking whole hogs the latest fad when we typically smoke the different cuts slash parts of hogs to different finishing temperatures? Yeah, you're right. Uh, It's not the greatest way to cook all those pieces of a hog for sure. It's just so dramatic and everybody thinks it looks cool. Although although you'll always find a good percentage of the party will freak out about the whole hog and not want to look at it. The yeah. other the other three quarters think it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I'm one of the ones that thinks it's weird. Yeah. I, I'm too. not a huge fan of it. We do it. You know, the cappuccino box I did one a couple weeks ago at the restaurant. Right. It's a thing and I, I don't dislike doing it, but it's definitely not the best way to cook those cuts of meat. Right. Right. All righty. Dr. Barbecue. Ray Lampy. Yes. Thank you so much for being with us, Ray. Thanks, a second guys. time. It was pleasure is mine. It's always a treat. And, uh, you know, I think we're all at Go St. Pete team. Yes, we are. We are. <laughs> this is Chris Walker. And you're listening to We were invited to Altamari's friends and family event prior to the opening. What a gorgeous interior. It feels elegant and airy with a coastal feel. We got to try some delectable dishes such as the egg, the Hawaiian ahi and tuna foie, which is done tataki style, and the crispy hamachi collar. What did you think of those, Kevin? It was excellent. It looks a little uh, odd at first, but don't let that scare you. looks like a fishtail. It's not. It's the collar, and it's actually super juicy and tender. After this preview, we simply can't wait for our next visit to Altomare Fish Bar. So get yourselves to Altomare today for a taste of the deep sea. Altomare Fish Bar is located at 300 Beach Drive in downtown St. Petersburg. They open every day at 4 p.m. Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. Today, our musical guest is Brian Elijah Smith. He is an alternative Americana singer-songwriter based out of the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. Brian has lots of friends and family in St. Pete, and we caught him while he was touring through the area. Welcome to the show, Brian. Yes. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Yeah. So, are you ready for the Fast Five Foodies questions? Yes, sir. All right, here <laughs> we go. There's no right or wrong answer. So. Okay. What's your favorite food? Used to be pizza. I like pizza. But <laughs> um, go-to would probably be potato stuff. So Potato stuff? Yeah. So, french fries? Yeah, french fries. Baked, baked potato, potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. I love potatoes, too. Garlic just, mashed potatoes? Oh, yeah. I mean, just potatoes. L- lots good. of butter? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the most unique answer we've had so far. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your least favorite food? Least favorite food. Oh, man. 
I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you knew there was going to be a test, you would have studied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have thought about well, that. The next one's even harder. So, <laughs> is this the test or the no? no. <laughs> like, like what? What would you not eat even if you were starving? <clears throat> like for me, for me, it would be liver. liver? Like I. I ugh. Well, it's it's a tricky answer because I could give you something straight up, but it's not per se that I wouldn't want to eat it. But I don't eat meat okay. anymore. Okay. Okay. So, but that's for different reasons. So you're not meat and potatoes. You're potatoes and potatoes. Yeah. I'm potatoes. <laughs> that's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're going to go with meat? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite restaurant in St. Pete? Ooh. Um, I haven't been to enough, that's for sure, but um, I think it's Love Food Central is really good, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Cider Press. Cider, Cider Press, Press Cafe, Cafe. Yep. yep. They're really good. They're have, close by here. Have you been to Rockstar Cafe yet? I haven't. I haven't been to enough. I've been getting a list because mm-hmm. I'm hanging around for another week, and I want to hit up some tasty Yeah, you should definitely go to Rockstar. They're a new vegan, and they're, they're, they're good. Yeah, yes. you guys got like a whole bunch of cool, hip like restaurants going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do. So how long are you in town for? I'm going to hang around probably till next Monday. Okay, cool. Yeah. Salt or pepper? That's so tough. But if I had to go with one, I would say pepper. Pepper. Okay, good. Yeah, I would say pepper also. Even though salt is crucial. Yes. I have to go with one pepper. I'm I'm with you on that. Lori's not, but I am. Salt. (laughs) Can you cook? Yes, I love cooking. Oh, nice. What do you cook? Potatoes. I think I think the most enjoyable thing for me to cook would be like a pasta from scratch, you know, nice. like fresh tomatoes, fresh basil, beautiful stuff like that. Yeah, we're not opening any cans or jars. Mm, no, no, and you just uh, cut on some good like jazz record and nice. zone out. Yeah, so. nice. I like that. Yeah. Now I feel like doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you have a, a go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to ask, do you actually make the pasta from scratch? No, no. not the shells. Okay. No. Okay. no, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Some some people do. Yeah. yeah. But no, I like that too, where you just take the fresh. There's yeah. no jarred sauce or canned anything. You just like all fresh stuff. Yeah, yeah and all the scents are coming up, mm-hmm. and you have like a glass of red wine, and it's beautiful. Well, you're just painting the picture perfect evening. Right. <laughs> so, so everybody picture that in your mind while we play the music. Even though that's not what the song's about. Now you're going to have to write a song about that. Yeah. And then we'll have you back on. Right. But you have a new album that just came out. And it's, it's super new. It's actually, if, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm told it's currently available on vinyl only right now. Yeah. Okay. And will it be available in other formats later? Yes, yes. Uh, before too long, I'll have it on Spotify and iTunes and right. all that. Okay, cool. Just... So the, the album is titled In Through the Dark. The song... You graciously sent over the album. You're premiering and, the song. And ah, oh, that's awesome! Wow. I, I listened to the whole thing, and and you know, and Kate gave me a couple of her favorites, and I'm like, no, I'm not agreeing with Kate. I'm no authority on this at all, but I would bet that this one will definitely be a hit. Wait. Hopefully, others too. But the song is under fire, and it has a really nice catchy uh, hook for the chorus and. One of the things it says in there, kind of, I'm guessing this is kind of what the song is about. You're the one that got away. Mm-hmm. Anything you'd like to add to that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's interesting uh, because I wrote that song actually for a girl before we got together. Oh wow! 
So you were predicting what was going to happen after yep. you got together. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I think what was going through my mind at the time is I didn't think I had a chance, mm-hmm. maybe. But, uh, okay. but in retrospect, now I'm like, maybe that was a little like premonition. <laughs> yeah, right. On, you know? Well, in the least, you got a really good song out of it. <laughs> I You picked one of my top two favorite tracks on the record. Oh, cool. Record. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. So the the website is brianelijahsmith.com. And I'm not going to spell the whole thing, but we, it will be it'll be linked in our show notes uh, on the blog post for this podcast episode on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Brian, thank you so much. Yes, thank you for being here. Thank you guys for having me. And here we are with Under Fire from In Through the Dark album.
Okay, here we go with uh, news and comments, and something that we got just last minute after we already finished recording with Dr. Barbecue is that he is going to be on a new TV show called Firemasters. It is on Food Network Canada. It will be actually starting on March 21st. It's on Thursdays at 10 p.m., Firemasters, and Dr. Barbecue is one of the judges on that. On last week's show, we had our first interview with Dr. Barbecue. We had some really great stories from Ray, so if you missed it, you have to go back and check it out. That was uh, episode 25. Comments received on last week's show, uh, Stephen Mealy, who is a barbecue guy himself here in St. Pete, said, great podcast. And I saw on his Instagram that he has a couple of big green eggs himself. One Boricuo Mommy said, best barbecue joint in St. Pete. Agape Art Gallery said, barbecue stud. Paul Miles says, we waited patiently for the arrival of Dr. Barbecue. There were delays, but that is understandable with the size of, an underta- of that undertaking. Now open, have enjoyed their awesome food and hospitality. Thank you, Paul and Kelly. P.S. The coleslaw is to die for. Melanie Ford commented, never met the man yet, but he certainly does have a winning personality and killer looking food with fun twists. Good interview. Mike Silverstein from M&M Barbecue said, great interview. And Jeannie Goman said, love this place. As far as new items on the website on stpetersburgfoodies.com, we have just one new review since last week. Pizza 28 Grams Food Truck. 28 Grams was a uh, pizza place on Central Avenue on the 400 block, and they went out of business maybe about a year ago. They are back open as a food truck now. And make a note for next week, we have Laura Riley, who just left as the food critic for the Tampa Bay Times to work at the Washington Post. That will be episode 27 coming out on Laura's birthday, March 5th. To comment on the show by email, you can write to lunchbox at stpetersburgfoodies.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Player FM, amongst others. And if you have a voice-activated home assistant, you can play us on Apple HomePod, Amazon Echo, and Google Home. This is Candace Aviles from Meet the Chef, and you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guest, Ray Lampy from Dr. Barbecue, the restaurant. And thanks to our sponsors, Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar, their sister restaurant, Altomari Fish Bar, and Engine Number no. 9, where you can get some of the best burgers in St. Pete. Our announcer is Candace Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News, and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating and also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. I could have been at a barbecue!